We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, how we doing? It's Abby Nation Sports Talk. We're up and rolling along with Jesse Styers. I'm Sean Styers. The backdrop is a little bit different. Jesse was sitting here in front of all my stuff last week. I'm back. How are you today, Jess? Good to see I you. I am freaking a little while. tired. It's a Monday. <laughs> I've really not been wanting to work, to be honest with you. I went and just picked up my car, so that was nice. It's oh, do they have it done? It's ready to go. Yeah, so I just I got my my new car. Congratulations! New car or new engine, know, new motor, new right. motor. Uh, I saw the the news today of the green uniform, so that made me happy. That, yeah. that was a nice part yeah. of my Monday. We will uh, we'll save the uh, the green uniforms for rapid fire. We will uh, discuss those. In detail, Salty is coming at you right away. He says that you seem extraordinarily disinterested today. <laughs> Man, coming at you hard. I know. I don't know what I did to deserve that, but <laughs> it's a Monday. I don't know what people want me to do. I'm just tired. Just, just, answer, just answer this question for me. This is uh, practice number five for Notre Dame today. It is the fourth um, practice availability we've had today did your co-host today um in comparison to your co-host last week (laughs) did your co-host complain that there was nothing to talk about you know what what are you going to talk about on today's show no i had no issues i just popped up my email and there it was (laughs) there it was didn't didn't have like hand wringing what are we going to talk about I saw I saw him today, Vince, <laughs> and and Brian was giving him a hard time as well about you know like Vince apparently was like hitting up Brian about oh I don't know what we're gonna talk about on these shows and I'm like dude, it's like the first days of training camp. It's not like you had to put together a show Fourth of July weekend or or the end of June. Ago. Yes, that's right. It's not like he had to put together shows when there was nothing going on. I actually went on vacation while training camp was starting. And that's, you know, we do a whole different story, the the timing of that. Let's let's just say when I bought my airfare for my vacation, uh, Notre Dame did not, you know, give me a heads up 
<laughs> on one training camp. Everyone looking right. out for you? No, I was hoping training camp was actually going to start this week. And based on, you know, when it started last year and everything else. But that's a different story. We have plenty of things that we're going to get to today because we do have training camp to talk about. Got a couple uh, videos from today's camp. A lot of different things that we're going to talk about today. Is there anything in particular you are most excited to talk about on today's show? Yeah, just looking at um, some of the stuff you sent me, I wanted to – last week ended up being really busy for me, for everyone who doesn't know. Um, I just had a lot of responsibilities, a lot of just miscellaneous tasks going on. And so while I was in town, I was really hoping to go to practice at some point. Um, ideally, I wanted to make the full practice. That didn't work. And then I wanted to potentially make it to the Friday practice because that was linebackers and Al Golden. Um, and so when I saw some of the stuff about Jalen Sneed in there, um, it, it, everything kind of clicked for me in terms of what Al Golden's trying to accomplish. So okay. I'm okay. really excited about that aspect of today's show. And I know the linebackers and the defense is a talking point for a lot of people. Um, and a lot of people believe that, you know, the linebacker play last year was subpar, which I agree with in some areas, but I also believe that, the linebacker core didn't get enough credit. And I think they're going to be really spectacular this season, just based off of some of these comments that I've seen so far. Well, let's just start with that then, because I've got, we've got a lot of offensive stuff we're going to get to. And it was, you know, it was primarily, you know, one, we got five periods of practice this morning and they started off doing special teams type stuff, you know, like some punt, punt coverage type things and and those kind of things. And it's like, you know, snooze fest, you know, the quarterbacks are overdoing their things. The offensive line was doing its thing. And in the meantime, you know, it, Marty Biaggi, it's a third of the game, right? You want to, you want to, well, you want to focus on some special teams. I've got no problem with that, but that doesn't make it interesting for any of us to talk about. And so then when they were done with that, we primarily got to see some, uh, some offensive, type stuff because it was still mostly some special teams type things that were going on. Um, we've had, you know, Al Golden did talk to the media after Friday's practice. We've got a chance now to talk to a few different coaches and players after practice. One of the things Al Golden said last week was he was talking about the concept of horizontal depth versus vertical depth. And of course, vertical depth, you're talking about the two deep and beyond, you know, first string, second string, third string, whatever. That's vertical depth. But horizontal depth, as he was explaining it, is essentially the ability to plug some different guys in, in some different roles who can play, you know, like this guy might not be the traditional number one linebacker, but you can plug him in and, and play him next to the number ones and do some things. And he was talking specifically about Jalen Sneed, and he said that Sneed is he's a rover in the base defense. He's a will linebacker in the 4-2 nickel package, and uh, Sneed also has the ability to pressure or line up on the edge on third down. So when, you know, and then Golden was like, that's really what he does. You know, we're trying to get him going, doing some of those things. He was doing some of that stuff at the end of last season, which was awesome for them. And that's when he got to play. All four of his games came in Notre Dame's last four games. So what do you think about Al Golden and uh, the defensive staff using Jalen Sneed this way? 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I think it's actually a brilliant idea to use Jalen Sneed in this manner because um, while he's not there maybe as a starting Mike or Will linebacker in the base defense, he is there athletically, um, and his knowledge of the defense has proven that he he needs to be on the field uh, as many ways as possible. And, and what that what what Al Golden is doing by putting him, you know, he's the rover in the base defense, he's the the Will in the four two uh, nickel defense. To me, that shows that it's just a, again a talented guy whose athleticism that you can't necessarily get off the field. And when you go into nickel package, for instance, that's that's going to be a, you know, a will linebacker that is more so in there for coverage reasons, right? He's not in there for, uh, for, for his run-stuffing ability. And the reason why I kind of brought this up earlier on or why it's so exciting is because if – do you remember when Al Golden first started at Notre Dame – he said that all of the linebackers have to basically know the various linebacker positions, right? He had all of them practicing at the different linebacker positions. Well, this is the case of a case and example uh, why why Jalen Sneed was doing that because again he's playing the rover in, a, in one defense, he's playing the will linebacker in a nickel defense, and the, the more that you can learn those positions early on, it allows you to be interchangeable like this. It allows your skill set um, to translate across the defense. And really, ultimately, what it shows is, is if you can know all of the linebacker positions on the defense, it's likely that you have a full understanding of the defense as a whole. And I think that is what Al Golden is get to, getting to ultimately is Jalen Sneed finally has a grasp of the bigger picture of the defense and understanding you know, why things are being done a certain way. And I think him being able to move to these various positions is a case in point proven uh, that, that that's the case. Yeah, and Salty says – in, in salty fashion, no wonder the linebackers don't appear to know what they're doing because they're playing all the positions. They're playing all over the place. And this is something we brought up in the spring because I remember talking to Preston Zinter, one of the freshman linebackers, and asked him, so are you, are you know, are, what what are you concentrating on? Are you, are you working on all of the linebacker positions? Are you working on just one? And he's like, no, we're, 
We're learning them all. It seems like that would be quite a bit for a young linebacker to have to learn, to have to learn all three linebacker positions. You know, maybe you start off and they see you as a will. And when you're first coming in the door, first you focus on getting the will down. And then once you have the will down, maybe you expand and you work on more. Now, with Jalen Sneed, you're talking about a great athlete who was a five-star athlete, you know, five-star recruit coming in the door. Who did people want to see more of last year? They wanted to see more of Jalen Sneed, but we didn't see that much of Jalen Sneed again until the end of the season. Once they got to the, the last three games of the regular season, then the bowl game, they used those four games to get him on the field. And, you know, you can go to four games and, and uh, still keep a season of eligibility. So he still had that remaining. Well, you know, it's kind of been described as he's uh, he's doing the Bo Bauer stuff where he's the package guy. And really, like, you might as well just put a big S on Jalen Sneed's chest, you know, like the Superman package when you put him out there. Because now you have a great athlete who you're, you know, you're sort of dropping into that role that Bo Bauer had in these different packages. You're capitalizing on the strengths that he has right now. Like he might not have a complete grasp like a guy like J.D. Bertrand has, for example, of everything. But if you are able to capitalize on the things that he does really well, you can still make that guy a unique weapon and one that can greatly help out your defense. And it's something Vince and I have talked about before. Like that's how you get guys on the field who right. maybe aren't quite ready to, you know, to be in a starting role and be out there for 80% of the snaps or 90% of the snaps or whatever, you capitalize on the strengths that they have right now and you work them in in that way. That's how you get those guys out there. Yeah, and I think for these younger guys, I, none of them should be getting caught up in are they a, mil, a Mike, a Will, or a Rover. They're just a linebacker, you know, and that's ultimately – what's going to be the best thing for them is because of what you said, this defense is, is built around building sub packages, you know, different personnel packages, depending on what the offense is coming out in. And so the more guys that you have the, the ability to move around again, just being linebackers in a broader term, then it allows you to puzzle together, you know, what's going to be the best combination of linebackers per, you know, maybe it's a matchup thing. Maybe a, a team's more concentrated in the run. Maybe another team is more, you know, we're going to spread you out like a North Carolina and, and pass and Clemson and pass on the perimeter and stuff like that. So the ability to have a lot of, as as uh, Al Golden says, um, vertical depth, it, it just allows them to really piece together all these different packages and game plan about, you know, what they're trying to essentially stop. What do you think? The cheat sheet is asking what you what we think about him as an edge guy. They used him like that against South Carolina. He says he likes the Will Rover, but not putting him on the edge. I mean, so, I like him. Go, go ahead. Yeah. So I, I, the first thing I think of is this is I don't think he would technically be an edge guy, um, but him and the Rover or sorry, the Rover and the edge guy would kind of be in a, a, a replace type situation where maybe, you know, maybe the Rover is coming off the edge and, and the Viper is dropping into coverage. Right. So they're disguising a blitz like that, or maybe it's, it's a, it's a bluff where the, the Rover lines up in the line of scrimmage and then he falls off into coverage. And then maybe you bring both of them at the same time, but you have some sort of stump stunt where one guy's looping in, one guy's looping out. And you're going to have great athletes over there doing do. that. Yeah. 
I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, no, that was right where I was ending at. Yep. That's, that's exactly. And you know, that's when you have like, especially if you've got him and Batello out there at the same time, for example, like, like that Rover and, it's like and a yo-yo. Like one guy's dropping, yeah. one guy's coming. You just don't yeah, know exactly. who it's going to be. You don't know who it's going to be, but, and you've got two great athletes over there in the meantime. And then, you know, as you said, you can, then you can also add some other stuff, whether it's a stunt or a loop or a, tw- you know, any of those different kind of things. There's so many different things I think you can do with, with athletes of that caliber. So, you know, I, I don't mind it. it Get to the quarterback, right? They need more sacks. They need more disruption. And well, it's, you get it's like on the field, that's what you're going to get. I like them bringing him off the edge because they had a lot of success with bringing those kind of corner blindside blitzes in the past, right? Like blitzes that kind of just, you get your, your most athletic guy on the quarterback as fast as possible. And I think the advantage of someone like Jalen Sneed is he has almost speed like a cornerback, but then he has the size, you know, once he hits a quarterback, there's probably, it's going to be more impactful. um, And there's a less chance that that quarterback is going to get away. D-Hawk, just to clarify, he says, not sure Snead has the size for Viper, reminds him of JOK. He would not be playing the Viper. He would be, he would still be, he would be the Rover in that instance, but, you know, he would be playing next to or around the Viper on that side, whether it's Patello or Tui Alamaka or whoever it happens to be. It's, you know, again, like it, it just gives you more great athletes out there on the field at the same time. Now, in the meantime, Maris Leofal says he needs to play faster. And I think that you can kind of, it's open for interpretation, I think, depending on what exactly that means. Because I think people see Maris Leofal out there flying around and it's like, well, he's fast. He's running all over the place. What's your interpretation? What does that mean, Mr. Mr. Former Linebacker? Yeah, so so when Mayor says that he needs to play faster, uh, it's really a quite easy answer. He he's saying that he needs to make his reads essentially faster because everything that Maris is doing out there looks like he's going hundred percent, like mile or sorry, hundred miles per hour. His his issues don't have to do with not not being quick enough or fast enough. His issues are reading the play correctly in time to get to where to get to his destination um, quick enough. So so when he talks about playing faster again. It's quite simply that he just needs to make his reads faster and more efficiently and know, you know, I'm at point a and I need to get to point B now. Right. And that's exactly what it is. Like the, the essentially the more he knows, the quicker he can diagnose, the quicker he can get there and actually be there on the field. And, you know, but he kind of seems like, especially as you're adding Snead to the mix. And if other guys started getting, start getting added to the mix, which it sure seems like there will be that, that Leah foul could be kind of the odd man out in the linebacker rotation. And he becomes potentially more of a special teams guy, but that's, that's on him. And, and, you know, as much as he can improve during training camp, I think so. I mean, I know. said it last week, I, I, I see a way in which Osbury, uh, finds his way onto the field this season. I don't doubt it. So I've got a couple of quick videos from practice. One is of Chancey Stuckey with the wide receivers doing one of his unique um, unique drills in the, uh, in the individual wide receiver 
session. So we will take a look at that right now. Let's pull that up here on the screen. This is a drill from practice today. You can see the receivers. Do a little come to balance. A little slip there. That's all right. What's the side to side? Is it car- is it karaoke? Is that what you call it? Yeah, that's what I would call is that it. What you guys called it? Seventeen didn't kind of really try as hard there as everyone else, but <laughs> could have tried a little bit harder. Is what you're saying? You know, this kind of blew up on social media this summer, where he was doing something similar back in the spring, where they did the, you know, they do something, they balance on one leg. What do you What do you think about? A drill and now remember this is from a, a five minute period at the beginning of practice where they're where they're doing individual work what do yeah. you think about this drill yeah so vince and i kind of talked about this last week it's uh when you see the first five periods of practice it's largely position groups doing individual drills um you know it's most of the time getting doing something you know to get warmed up related to practice and then and this drill specifically, it's kind of maybe something that Chauncey Stuckey wants to emphasize on this practice, right? Because it's a specific drill um, that he's having these guys do. And to me, uh, it, the reason why this drill is important or why it makes sense is it looks like he's having these guys, you know, basically do a change of motion, uh, a sudden change of motion. Maybe it's coming in and out of a cut. Maybe it's stopping on a route and getting, you know, cutting out of a route and getting, uh, you know, maybe – Again, maybe you're, you're stopping on that route and, and you're selling a, a streak and then maybe you hit a comeback, right? It's just all change of motion stuff. And I think when the balancing comes into effect, in order to properly get good change of motion or have uh, really good explosion out of change of motion, you have to have balance your center of gravity uh, to do that. And so when he has them kind of stop like that on a dime, come to you know balance and then cut out of it, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Um, in a drill like that, but something that's very beneficial. Um, and obviously again, while they're doing it is because there must be an emphasis on that today in practice. Maybe they are practicing routes like that of, you know, getting in and out of cuts or change of change of pace, change of explosion, stuff like that. I can't remember who it was. I, I wish I could, but I, over the weekend, it's funny that, that I saw this today because over the weekend, there were some pro guys who I saw doing something very similar with, you know, with, you know, again, like the one leg come to balance and then explode, change of direction, all that kind of stuff. I, I, you know, I think there's much more science to it than a lot of people think, you know, something very simple. But again, it's like focusing on these little things like this when you're in an individual period at the beginning of practice. We didn't see a lot of this with the previous wide receivers coach. So I think it's I think it's only good stuff. I think it's only going to pay dividends in the long run. Now, got a little bit of video here. We're only allowed to use so much or else I would have more. Got a little bit of video here. This is the four quarterback drill throwing wide receivers simultaneously at practice today. One thing you'll notice is I am obvious I've worked in radio a long time. 
I did not follow the deep balls downfield. <laughs> but I'm going to play this. Can I mute this? We don't have to hear all the background sound. But I want to watch. If you have anything, just go ahead and jump in here real quick if you if there's anything in particular. But now this one, you don't see it as much. There was no crossing pattern um, in here. That is something that watching some of these, uh, this drill specific, and this was like the most exciting thing that we really got to see before we left practice today was, <laughs> was this four quarterback drill. I did notice there were a lot more crossing patterns that they were doing, you know, in this drill you saw more crossing patterns and that's that's something that i think has sorely disappeared from from a lot of you know route concepts and football in general definitely we haven't seen as many of those at, you know at, at notre dame in recent years so that was just something that kind of made my eyes perk up was seeing that the old crossing pattern that they were throwing out there yeah, and I think that the, the crossing patterns are something that's really essential because, especially in this offense, because you know um, Sam Hartman's going to work uh, his way downfield, right? Like the, the long ball really isn't going to be the issue. But I think what's nice about some of these underneath crossing routes is it, or it provides some sort of like relief blanket. Um, and when you have guys like Chris Tyree underneath there um, – and, and some of these, you know, some of the, the the faster, more athletic guys, I think that's really good because it gets your best players um, the ball in space. So it seems like a lot of these routes are going to be tailored towards, you know, Chris Tyree, probably not going to run a ton of downfield routes. He's going to run those underneath kind of crossing routes. But again, that's good for his skill set because that's getting him the ball in space. And that's where he is at his best is being quick and shifty. Right. And I think another thing that I noticed is there wasn't a lot of like congestion in one area. Um, it seemed like there was good, good spacing and flow underneath and both, you know, kind of depth in, in terms of downfield. So I don't know necessarily if, uh, at least I would think it's, you know, that's, that's all the routes that are being run on one play. It's just, they have mm -hmm. a quarterback, every, every route has a quarterback throwing them the ball. So they're, you know, maximizing their efficiency and stuff like that. Um, but I really, again, like the spacing of having things underneath and then kind of on the intermediate level, but the middle of the field seemed open, you know, both sidelines seem open. There wasn't a lot of, you know, congesting to, to one area. It felt like really good spacing. Um, and yeah, it, different, different route concepts there. And I like the concept of that kind of safety valve, you know, with the cross and whatever it right. to be. Because not, it's not always going to be there. Right. But right. Sam Hartman has the ability to check that. Like he can go through his routes rather quickly, progress through his, his reads quickly and then kind of have that security blanket underneath of just, you know, dumping it down to someone. And you would love to see it be Chris Tyree because he's going to give you the best chance in space to, to gain those extra yards or yards after catch. Yeah. Number one ND fan asks if we got Payne's double ball catch, it was actually Jadarian price with a double ball catch. They were, they were doing this four quarterback drill and he made a quick cut in and then, you know, jab back out. And two quarterbacks accidentally threw both threw him a ball. So he makes one catch. He caught one first, and then he reaches out with his his uh, left hand, and he made a one-handed catch 
of the other ball. And then the next thing you know, he's running with two balls coming back out of there. So, uh, you know, not that that's not going to happen in any games, but it was a nice little skill to have. I think the bigger takeaway for me is just seeing Jadarian Price after that Achilles last year, being able to make some sharp, quick cuts and have the great hands as well, you know, that, it, that he showed on that uh, one particular catch there. Well, I guess double particular catch there with catching two balls at one time. Sam Hartman thrown to Chris Tyree quite a bit, especially on the deep balls. And, you know, you would see Tyree when he, when his deep route would uh, come up, Hartman would kind of jump around, you know, like jump to the different spot and he would throw him deep. What do you make of that? To me, that is a very, um, there's a Notre Dame coaching staff putting a point of emphasis on wanting Sam Hartman to throw the ball to Chris Tyree just because I think they really want to develop that connection, right? Like Chris Tyree is already, you know, someone who's trying to make up reps as a wide receiver for lack of better, lack of better terms. Um, and so I think that they, they quite literally just want the guy who's going to be throwing them the ball majority of the time uh, to be doing so in practice. Cause it's a different release point, you know, finding Chris Tyree's chest, you know, chest area in comparison to some of these bigger, taller, more broader wide receivers. I just think it takes a little bit more of a refined skill set to consistently hit Chris Tyree um, on the money. And you don't want someone like him to get synced out of sync because he's not with a quarterback who can necessarily do it because then it turns into bad, bad, uh, bad practice for Chris Tyree. Right. So right. I really think that Sam Hartman throwing him the ball is just because he's really the only guy that can do it. And it's, they're trying to establish that connection uh, early on, just because of, again, what I talked about, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to find Chris Tyree in the sweet spot uh, compared to these other guys. And that's, he had a hard time finding that sweet spot in the spring because of what you were talking about. I think, you know, like the, one, the newness of Chris Tyree, two, the newness of Sam Hartman. And I think the more that that Hartman can throw to Chris Tyree now, the better that connection is going to be when it counts once once the things start flying live. You know, it's it's one thing for Tyree to take 20,000 balls off the machine this summer, but it's another thing to have the actual quarterback making that connection with him. So I think you're right. You know, you you do that as much as you can. You work that into your plan. You do that as much as you can now, and it becomes second nature later on. So really, um, it was just kind of interesting to see that today. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Jaden Greathouse, Salty's guy, the great one, 
First chance for me to see him, the uh, slimmed down version of Great House, 6'1", 204 pounds. He, uh, I mean, he looks he looks good out there. Looks is leaner. he number 19? Yes, he is. I saw a really good video clip of uh, him versus Ramon Henderson at one point today. Okay. Um, and because Ramon Henderson's number 11, right? Yes. Yeah, so it was like a one-on-one drill. Both guys did really well, but Greathouse won the rep off a really good catch um, along the sideline. And it, it just – he looks really good for uh, someone of his age. He looks very experienced out there. And, again, another guy that I expect – I him and Osbury were my guys last week that I said as, you know, freshmen that I, I anticipate that they can make the, the roster, you know, at, le- at least they're going to be on the traveling roster, but they could start seeing some significant playing time uh, by game four or five this season, in my opinion. Very impressed. Uh, I'm sure Brian mentioned this earlier today. We we talked about it when we were walking out. His his route running, especially for a freshman, very good. Derek, Derek throwing a little jab Welcome in there. Welcome to the chat. <laughs> yes, that's right. He says, great house is a bust. I hope your weekend in Michigan was enjoyable. Uh-huh. We got to see on our way out of practice, we got to, we, you know, we were – the fifth period ended, so then it's like, okay, your five periods are over. You got to start walking out. And so as we're walking out, we uh, they uh, they threw some DBs in the mix, and we saw Tobias Merriweather against Cam Hart on a deep route toward the end zone, and uh, maybe underthrown a little bit, but I think maybe with some intention because you know to both Hart and Merriweather had good position. Like Hart couldn't have covered it much better. And then, you know, Tobias Merriweather with his size, um, Sam Hartman threw a ball to, to, to kind of let Merriweather, I think, try to make a play on it. Cam Hart was able to jar it loose. It it spun up in the air, and they're they're both kind of not quite twirling around, but, you know, both trying to find that, that loose ball. And it looked for a second like Merriweather was going to be able to reel it in, but as he looked up, his helmet kind of came loose. And it like it it kind of dislodged. I don't know if he, you know, didn't have the chin strap quite locked up tight enough for what, but it kind of, you know, that helmet kind of dipped down in his eyes a little bit. And he lost it. Otherwise, I thought he might have been able to have a chance to make a really good uh, acrobatic play. But that's one of those fun, you know, you want to you want to see more of those those kind of guys going head to head against each other when you can. But uh, that's what we got on the way out today: the Merriweather versus Cam Hart. And then on the offensive line, only really curious thing there, we saw a little bit of cross-training. Andrew Kristoffic was working at tackle for a little bit. Uh-oh. And um, Tosh Baker and Emil Wagner were both working at guard. And they're, of course, both they're, – they're the presumed number two tackles right now. Baker on the left side behind Alt and Wagner on the right side behind – Blake Fisher. They were both working at guard a little bit. And Joe Rudolph, he's the assistant that we got to talk to after practice today. And he basically just said, you know, we kind of want to see what these guys can do. You know, Wagner and Baker specifically, are they potentially guards in the future and and that kind of thing? So they were just rotating it in there. Uh, but the guard, the guard battles are still more about Shrouth. Billy Shrouth and Coogan on the left side and Christophic and Spindler on the right side. And it sounded like that right side guard position, Jesse, you're, you know, Spindler was hey. your guy. 
Spindler was your guy back in the spring, and it sounded Everyone like Everyone laughed at me. Sounded like that right guard might be uh, that that competition might be tightening up a little bit right now. He didn't want to go into great detail, but if you listen to some of the things that he was saying, and there's actually going to be a story coming up if it's not already up at IrishBreakdown.com about those guards Rudolph talking about it. Sounds like sounds like it could be tightening up a little bit there on the right See, side. This is everyone made fun of me for going with Rocco Spindler first overall, but he was the biggest. In the, in the position battle that I think had the biggest boomer bust type activity, I either look like the, you know, that's what, that ultimately is like what hits my home run and wins it for me, or I look like the complete idiot and I completely lose. So I heard, and this is, you know, this, what Vince was talking about last week. He said there is a noticeable difference in Rocco's, Rocco Spindler's physique uh, from the end of spring camp to this camp. And he is looking a lot more, lean and mean and a little bit quicker i don't know if you got the chance to see him at all today yeah i would say i I would i would agree with that he's uh you know the uh the athletic quote quotient (laughs) is 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 up a little bit i think he uh and, and i think he looks a little bit you know like he's like that those hands he's looking really strong with the hands as well so it's gonna be it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there, I think. Well, and like Vince and I talked about last week, I, I don't think there's an issue with having a surplus of offensive linemen who could potentially kind of not rotate around, but like I guess Brian was talking about the idea of you have guards, you know, you kind of two guards that, that come in and then maybe one guard gets spelled and then the next series another guard gets spelled and the starting guard comes back in. Like there's just it, it, something that they've kind of looked at before I just think that it, we might see a little bit of uh, to start the season. I don't know if we'll a hundred percent, you know, even though what, who, you know, who you're starting five are on the offensive line. I, I don't think that's necessarily going to be indicative of that set in stone for the entire way. I think there's going to be kind of uh, and just hearing that some of these guys are working around different positions. I just think that's going to be the case, you know, just guys are going to have the ability to kind of, you know, platoon in and out at certain spots. Yeah, they're gonna they're 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 gonna be slugging it out here in the chat pretty soon. John says Andrew Christophic will be the starting <laughs> right guard, and Tommy says Rocco is the starting right guard. And Jesse, let's see what you think about this. Tim says even if it's a tie, don't you go with the younger guy? So like, say they're playing even. That would be my thought philosophy. Just go with the younger guy, play for the future a if little bit. That even, yeah, I think you got to play with the, for the future until the younger guy kind of proves some sort of immaturity, or you know maybe he's. Someone brought up a good question here about you know recognizing stunts and blitzes. That's what's gotten them in trouble in the past. So I think it's ultimately going to come down to you know who's going to do better in that regard. Who's going to be the guy who can pick up blitzes um, and really stay on their their cues and everything. Um, and, and benefit the offensive line. I think kind of listening to Joe Rudolph today, and I'm not you know, telling you one or the other, but I think that you know, he talked about sort of the, the, the ability to, you know, to really be destructive in there as a guard, you know, like to, to kind of, you know, kind of come, he didn't use the word vengeance, but you know, that kind of thing, you know, like really, like who's who's gonna be, you know, a, a guy who's 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 really gonna get physical inside, and I and I think that it sounds like it, like that could be a trait 
that it comes down to between the two. And well, that makes fact, sense because you know the the guard's the toughest position on the field. He's always or sorry, amongst the offensive line, it's and really on the field, it's just you know a, a guard's got to be just got to be on it. Like if he's pulling, he's got to be pulling and just ready to, you know, lay the wood on someone. First guy that he sees coming around the corner or first person that he sees going through the hole. If he's lead blocking, you know, a guard position is a position where you want to deliver the punch, not be the person who receives the punch essentially. And I think that goes along with what you're talking about, the aggressiveness that they're looking for in the guard position. It's like a perfect example is, is Zach Martin. I mean, look at him anytime he's pulling, anytime he's, you know, in line blocking, it's with intent. He's always the guy delivering the blow. People fear him, not the other way around. So here's here's kind of what Joe Rudolph was saying. I just found the quote. These are the three things that he says that uh, that they've got to, that 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 he wants from these guys when he was asked about what he's looking for from who's going to win this spot. One, you got to be accountable. He said. Two, control the controllables, penalties, assignments lineman assignment, um, the details with things. Secondly, win the point of attack. We need guys that can flat out win and create opportunities for the back. Win at the point of attack and in the protection game. Three, guys that can play in a way where they make guys around them better. And um, he says, you can hit a landmark, you can have your hands in, you can do all those things, but if you can't win or punch a hole in that defense, then you're going to have a problem. There's going to be a lot of plays kind of mushing in there, but the guys that can find a way to win at the point, those are the guys you have to feature and keep helping to grow. That is a quote from Joe Rudolph. So again, you know, like, Win that point of attack. Punch a hole in the defense was the specific phrasing that he used. Punch a hole in the defense. So I think it's going to just come down to it. Sounds like, you know, maybe maybe who's just flat out the most physical kind of nasty yeah, who's guy. Who's controlling the there. line of scrimmage. But it's also, yeah, control the line of scrimmage, but also obviously be assignment sound and all that kind of stuff like you were talking about with, with our guys at Martin. 